What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Shoot or Pass podcast on behalf of Baseline Times. I am very excited for this episode today. Uh, you guys are in for a special treat, and hopefully, the reboot, the relaunch of something exciting for basketball coverage and basketball news here. So, on this particular podcast, we haven't recorded in over a year. Life happens. We've been focused on a lot of other things this year in 2020. Uh, but today I have a very special co-host with a new year, I guess a new pandemic, and with this whole new bubble in the NBA, there's so much to talk about. Hopefully we can definitely start talking about basketball games being played. Uh, so this is our Baseline Times exclusive basketball podcast. So if you're listening to this, it's basketball only. And today I have a very, very awesome special co-host that I will introduce Robbie, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Chevy. Chevy, guess what? Sports is back. Well, knock on wood, man. Knock on knock wood. On wood. <laughs> That's what we need. Um, I mean, I'm waiting for the very first like tip off to happen for an NBA game, and then I'll be excited because we're getting some yeah. COVID scares. I-, I think the two words that we're looking at here is cautious optimism, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cautious optimism. Absolutely. Well, anyways, welcome to the show. Uh, this is such a different, uh, you know, perspective of rebooting a basketball podcast here for me. Never would have imagined having to talk about a bubble, and out of all places, my hometown, playing basketball. That it's pretty crazy. Uh, so, just want to welcome you to the show. And uh, first, as, as almost, we always want to have an introduction here of all my co-hosts since it's your first inaugural episode on Baseline Time. So. Uh, Obviously, your name's Robbie. How do you feel about the show? Tell us about yourself. A little bit about your sports team's favorite players. All right. I'm I'm really excited to be on this podcast. My first ever podcast. So uh, half of me is very excited. The, the other half of me is like shitting bricks. But we're going to do this. I was born and raised in the county of Wade. So Miami, Florida. Um, so obviously, I grew up a Canes fan. I grew up a Heat fan. I'm also a Patriots fan. Um, you know, I've been a Canes fan, you know, since I was a little girl. I went to games at the Orange Bowl, and obviously I've been to a lot of Heat games growing up, and now I live in Connecticut, so I'm right by Foxborough, so I get to enjoy the Patriots up close and personal, even though Tom Brady left me, but, that's you know, right. we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, he's with a real team down here in Florida, but um, that's good. That's awesome. So, you know, it, it's weird because, like, we we kind of, like, I randomly kind of recruited you in a sense. So, and it's funny because like, I was like, man, it's a lot of Floridians, a lot of Florida ties, which is cool with me, but mm-hmm. um, it's never like a, a magic fan. It's always somewhere else. So I'm always find like opposing Floridians here and that's all right though. I'll represent the magic well here on this, this show, this podcast, and we'll represent for the old town. But uh, that's, that's really cool though. Uh, so those are your favorite teams. How about your favorite, like all time athletes, like current in the past, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. I always take a stab with the heat fans. D-Wade's got to be got to be on your list, right? He's on my list. He's on my list. Um, I think it changed a little bit for me once LeBron came to the team. Um, my favorite Heat player, and he didn't spend his entire career with the Heat, but I just loved him when he was on the Heat. Jason Williams, White Chocolate. You know, his stats don't jump out at you, but, I mean, watching him play on the court with his crazy passing abilities and, and seeing how he could juke literally anyone – even legends like Kobe Bryant, um, he was very exciting to watch. And I loved I loved watching him when he was playing with the Heat. And I was so pumped when, you know, he was part of that 2006 championship team. And look, Chevy, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a straight woman. And sometimes I base my favorite players on who I find attractive. So I mean, Jason yes, Williams, you know, <laughs> <laughs> another great player who left us way too soon. Sean Taylor, one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game. He was explosive. He could keep up with any wide receiver and he could tackle the shit out of people. He would have been a Hall of Famer and it's just so yeah, sad that he was murdered at just 24 years old and we didn't get to see him realize his potential as a professional. But I mean, he definitely left his impact, not just in college football, but in the NFL. And of course, I can't end this without talking about the love of my life since i was nine years old my platonic husband tom brady oh man 
I know um, you like Tom Brady now, don't I, you? I do like Tom. <laughs> I, not in that regards, but I, yeah, I got love for Tom in other ways. <laughs> you know, Tom's I, a great I'm guy. sad. I'm sad that he left. He left New England. But, you know, I, I just really appreciate his story coming up in the NFL and obviously watching him play in all these Super Bowls and and just seeing how he's able to maintain this high level of success, even at his age. Right. He's played in the league for so long. And so it's going to be really exciting to see what he does in Tampa. I'm a New England fan first. Okay. But, you know, my heart is, you know, my heart is going to be with Tom Brady, a little piece of. That's all right. I mean, you know, we're welcome. The bandwagon's a little, you know, the pirate ship. I'm gonna call it the pirate ship is is open. We still got a little bit of room on the pirate ship, so you know, we're we're keep, we're keeping it real down here. I mean, no, I, I think it's cool though, like to really be able to take in a little bit of you know the Patriots fans that that still appreciate them. You know, you still got those that are like, ah, well, you know, whatever, we'll move on. But come on, man, like it, it's kind of like the situation. You know, you have a guy like, of course, like Wade, like Wade left. You know, at, at one point, mm-hmm. and so he did. But he is so much invested into the community. So, okay, cool. So we got Wade, Brady, uh, Sean Taylor. That's really good news uh, to hear. You know, I, I think those are all great. You know. Um, how about like favorite, like what about, you know, growing up, would you like sports wise first basketball, football? sounds like you got a little bit of basketball, football flavor going on. Yeah. I, I was always drawn to basketball and football. I would have followed baseball, baseball. I liked going to baseball games growing up. I always thought they were fun, but I just never got into the game. Um, it was hard to invest myself, uh, into being a Marlins fan because Jeffrey Loria got me fucked up. How are you going to tear down the orange bowl? build Marlin stadium and then consistently trade away all your best players and have like the product that, you know, and we all know the Marlins had on the field for uh, all these years. And now Derek Jeter seems to be doing the same thing, same agenda. So uh, couldn't get into basketball, but it was always about, uh, couldn't get into baseball. Sorry, but it was always a basketball fan and a football fan for sure. Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, when you're on, when you're in South beach, you, you kind of have to go, go with it. And, um, but let me ask you this. I actually want to throw this at you. Like, what drew you away from being a Dolphins fan? Because for the record, so one of my little quarantine mm-hmm. series I did was with a buddy of mine, you know, and uh, he, he's, he's, he's a Heat fan. He's from down south, but he was drawn away from the Dolphins, and he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. But everything else is Miami. So what drew you away from the Dolphins? Poor Dolphins. <laughs> so you know i i think um you can say that the dolphins have also had some organizational problems throughout the years um they've just been consistently mediocre um but aside from that i mean listen i ride for my canes even though they've broken my heart the past two seasons but when it comes to you know the nfl i i, I grew up around like a lot of people that were from boston so naturally i found myself watching a lot of patriots games and you know once i saw tom brady pop on the screen it was over like that was it <laughs> and then and then i started doing some research on on the patriots and i found out that bill belichick signed uh, as a jets head head coach for one day and then resign and to me it's like anything that screws over the jets oh, makes no. me smile okay shots fired shots fired <laughs> okay we're getting somewhere yeah, absolutely absolutely all right well that's interesting no i, I it's, it's funny because i didn't expect that uh i just thought about it. i was like you know this is this is you're a miami you're a south beach person but drawn away again you're the second person i've interviewed or been a part of a podcast i, I guess i could say and you're from down south there in Florida, but you know, the Dolphins fans, it's crazy. So shout out to my Dolphins fans. You know, the the three or three, four of you left out there. Um, I, I got a couple of buddies. I got to take a stab with the Dolphins every time I'm on this podcast. And we're going to rule Florida again this year. Uh, we're going to have the best record in Florida. So sorry, Jags fans. Sorry, Dolphins fans. The Buccaneers are here again. I uh, got to get that out there. Uh, but this is awesome. Um, so we agreed that we're going to do this this NBA thing um, because the bubble's here in Orlando with me. And uh, this is one of the first major... It's not really the first major sport in a sense, but I think it's one of the more epic um, scenarios, like a bubble, like right? So we have the NFL, the M- MLB, that looks like they're probably going to still play at home without fans. But the NBA is doing something a little bit different. Like we're, they're doing this bubble situation. So we'll go ahead and talk about that here. Recap a little bit of uh, some of the top news out there in the NBA. Uh, we did a Disney post that we'll talk about here. That that's gonna be a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. 
And then we'll get a little rapid fire, which we call shooter pass a little bit later on. And then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, our NBA expectations. Hopefully praying that everything stays intact and COVID free and we get to see some basketball. So that's kind of how the show will go today. And we'll, we'll break you in here and welcome to the show once again, uh, Robbie. So, uh, you know, first a couple of things here to go talk a little bit of top news here. So uh, one of the most recent that I woke up to was Rondo again, breaks his right thumb. So he'll be out six to eight weeks. Uh, that's hot off the press there. I think that's enough time to get him back for playoffs. At least up September, you're looking at conference finals. If the, if the schedule looks like that so far, um, they got, they got to put J.R. Smith on a tighter leash because <laughs> they're going to need him. It's looking like they're going to need him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel like Rondo would come in at a very instrumental time of this, like a very convenient time. I feel like this, I'm not going to say his hand, is, his thumb isn't broken, but I think he's just conveniently going to come in at the right time when, when the Lakers need him. So uh, I, I would say we'll see Rondo again. And then Frank Vogel mentioned not too long ago uh, that he should be back for playoffs, and we're assuming the Lakers will go deep there. Um, we wanted to touch on, uh, obviously, we're going get, to get a good opportunity to talk about LeBron throughout this entire podcast, so bear with us. But LeBron, uh, and also Anthony Davis has said they're not going to go ahead and pursue uh placing any kind of message on the back of their jerseys uh but robbie how do you feel about this let me i'm gonna let you go first with this one about the jerseys yeah how do you feel about like a guy like lebron not putting something on the back of his jersey to me it's it's a true testament to the amount of work that the nba still has to do i mean if you can't even get your biggest stars on board with with your initiatives to support the social justice movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. I think you got to go back to the drawing boards if you're the league because it seems like you're not doing enough. I mean, LeBron was saying that he wasn't even consulted, and I'm assuming that if LeBron wasn't consulted, a ton of players weren't consulted on what kind of messaging that they want, you know? That's true. So I feel like it was a little bit of shade when it was, you know, pronounced or announced. When it was announced that he said, hey, you know, uh, I'm for me, I'm not going to put anything on my jersey. And then <laughs> the little tagline of I wasn't consulted. But this being that it's LeBron, everyone's like, well, LeBron wants to always get what he wants, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's the message behind it. That one liner kind of says, just like you mentioned, hey, there might have been the underlying issue that maybe not a lot, a whole lot of guys, other guys were consulted about it. Um, my stance and my take has always been that if you have to. And if you want to be an activist, go out and walk the walk, but talk the talk behind it as well. If you want to do, kind of go it that way, but walk the walk, right? So a guy like Kyrie says he's not going to show. A month ago, he says he's not going to show up to Orlando. Okay, great. Says, I don't think you guys show, should show up either. Where has Kyrie been? What has he been saying recently, right? So it's kind of like, I'm not asking Kyrie to come out and broadcast every single little minimal you know, activism that he wants to show and, and show what he's done. But I feel like at this point in time, like, LeBron's done so such an amazing job on the activism front. Um, a lot of guys are doing like you know you have Patty Mills, you have guys like um, Dwight who are trying to get take their salaries and do things like you know, that's that's kind of walking the walk. That's what matters to me more than something on the back of someone's jersey. If that kind of puts it in perspective, I I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's a cool thing to to kind of see the NBA do it, but does it do anything for the movement? Probably not. That's kind of where I'm at. I've always been that way. Even with the Cape thing, you know, you guys started kneeling because of Cape, but weren't doing anything on, in the NFL. So it, to me, it doesn't do anything unless you're kind of walking the walk with them. Yeah, and I think that, you know, at the very least, you know, have your players who the majority of them are Black Americans be involved with the kind of messaging that they want to have, the kind of impact that they want to have. Um, and And the NBA clearly, according to LeBron, hasn't really done that. So... I think I'm okay with them not having any messaging on their jerseys if 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 that's how they feel. Right, absolutely. And the thing is, is supposedly as for the first four games, they'll have the message only. Then they'll have their names on the back of the jersey. Look, everyone's jersey is going to look like Ante de Kumpo at that point. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like like the visual aesthetics of it. I'm not too much of a fan of it, but I think it's still a cool ability. And the th- thing is, the court is supposed to have Black Lives Matters on them, anyways. So I think there's other things that they're doing to kind of make it be front and center. But I think there's a lot of work to do, like like you mentioned, with LeBron uh, kind of calling them out. Um, kind of turning our, 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 you know, a little bit more with the top news here. Westbrook announcing he has COVID. Um, so he's positive and uh, kind of hiding out, uh, I guess, at his home. 
and before he enters the bubble. So that, that was kind of, kind of, you know, a little bit of a concern because he didn't show with James Harden. Now, James Harden is not showing up either, so you kind of got to put two and two together, right, and kind of figure out what's going on here. So I think the guys that aren't there and the coach is saying, well, uh, you know, we're, we're waiting for those guys to arrive. They'll be here in due time. Obviously, they have some sort of test result that's not good. I think what's more, I think, you know, obviously that's very concerning. Um, but I mean, Russell Westbrook did test positive for COVID before getting to Orlando. What's very striking to me is that two players tested positive on Disney campus and have since left the site to isolate. Right. That's a little more concerning. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. Um, I think that's definitely concerning. So now, you know, there's a little bit of a breakout there. Um but I think the NBA is doing this as best as possible. You're testing before leaving and testing as you're coming in. And then it, it seems like the, the announcements, it's a little bit more delayed, right? It's like they tested them last week and we're getting the Monday update this week that two of them tested. If, if I'm understanding this correctly, and you and I kind of talked, talked about this off the record, that the NBA is not really one to jump to like the front of the media and say, oh, today we tested a player and he's positive. Did you gotta kind of get that vibe? This is kind of like a delayed, like weekly update. Here we're at. Here's where we're at for the COVID testing weekly update, and players, two players are positive. I think for now, I'm gonna toe the line here, but I'm gonna lean a little bit towards giving the NBA the benefit of the doubt. I think that it'll be even more telling once games start, um, seeing how quickly they put out any reports, uh, if any of these. Players start testing positive once the games begin. That's true. That's true. I mean, it would be very obvious too. It's like if a guy can't play, it's like, all right, well, why can't he not play? You know, I think. And then you, you, at the same time, you have to respect the whole HIPAA laws. You have to respect if a player doesn't want to be in the light of being, you know, being known to be tested positive. It's, but at the same time, at that point, you kind of eliminate all that privacy when you start playing in the game. So I think that's going to be that double-edged sword that they kind of have to juggle and play with. So, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, you know, beyond that, I, I'm, I think we, we, we talked about this so much in the last couple of weeks that this is going to be really interesting. I, I think the way they've set it up, though, where you have this, t- this time frame, it's about three and a half weeks since they touched down in Orlando and all got together. They've tested before coming, so the guys who tested positive or have the symptoms, hey, stay away. Don't come to Orlando yet. Don't infiltrate. Then when we get here, we're going to test you and, you know, consistently. All right, great. And then if something pops up, it's like, all right, great. Now we have to like kind of isolate you again. Right. So the, the hope is with those two guys, they've, I would imagine there's so much of a task force to say, okay, where, where have they been in the bubble? Who have they come in contact with? Um, and it's like a slow ramp up. I think they're doing the, the team only um, scrimmages and uh, training camps. And then they go into the team scrimmages, what next week. Right. And then it becomes a full blown. Mm-hmm. All right everyone's going to be playing. So I think they're doing it the best as they can. I mean, you, you have any inside, you have anything that you feel like they can do better at this point to something so unreasonable and impossible. Not really. I mean, it seems like, you know, they've, they've met with the experts and in, in creating this whole bubble, this whole science experiment. Cause that's really what it looks like. It's like a science experiment um, to, to get this thing going, to get us some NBA on TV. Um, I, I hope, I hope that it's successful. Um, judging by what's been going on a little bit with the MLS, which is also playing oh, under yeah. similar circumstances, there's been teams having to pull out, yep. games getting postponed or canceled. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the NBA does as compared to the MLS and WNBA. So I agree. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about this Disney post that we created. We want to have a little bit of fun with this segment here. All kudos to you, Robbie, because, um, Kind of got me thinking, you know, I think that there's a couple of funny ones here for us that we, we thought about. So we basically were like, all right, we're kind of sitting around like the NBA is headed to Disney. What about the games? So what about, uh, I'm sorry, what about the rides that we can associate with each individual uh, team here? Uh, so what, what's one of your favorite ones that we've associated so far? Hmm. I mean, for me, a pre- the first one that kind of popped up into my head was the New York Knicks as the Tower of Terror, um, just because... To me, that's kind of like what being a Knicks fan is like. You're kind of living in the twilight zone. You're 
seeing all of the darkest corners of your imagination come to life and 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 you get it you know you're always going up and down it's never you're not consistent um yeah that's the life of a new york's fan according to me <laughs> absolutely yeah I, I would agree with that one um i think i they're they're pretty cool interesting I mean, the obvious ones you have like the thun, thun, big thunder mountain right like you have the oklahoma city thunder i mean how could you not the the raptors and dinosaur for those disney fans out there you, you know mm-hmm. what we're talking about and then uh, I like the small world and, and the Rockets Association. Obviously, small ball. Why not? It's a small, small ball. world. Yep. yep. I mean, that's that's pretty. You know, for the deeply rooted NBA fan, you you definitely will, will figure that one out there for us. Um, th- I think the obvious was like Splash Mountain and Golden State Warriors. Unfortunately, we don't get to see the Splash Bros. But you know, shout out to them. Hope they definitely heal up well, and at least we'll get to see them next year or at the end of the year um but yeah i think i think that's pretty i think that's that's a pretty cool uh little uh scenario if you guys have any of them you know shout us out on the, our instagram post like go to our, our website as well and check out the post comment your you know your association so we're doing disney rides comparing them to their associated nba team and then um for my lakers my lebron lakers i should say we got the hollywood rock and roller coaster Yep. That's how we do, baby. They're going to roll across that. their way to a championship. Yep. They got that Hollywood connection. You know, you've got some uh, legendary players like LeBron and AD on the team. You've got that LA traffic. And you've got a <laughs> chance to see J.R. Smith topless, stumbling around, chugging that Hennessy at another championship parade. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty entertaining. <laughs> well, simply put, that I couldn't put it any better. <laughs> all right all right Rob. let's go ahead and get into our shooter pass round here of course those of you who are aware buy or sell we give a little statement here either we're gonna shoot which we're buying or passing if we're selling it and uh based on that here we got a couple fun topics to roll with all kudos to robbie here uh so our first one here there will be a team that ends a regular season o of eight what you doing robbie you shoot or pass on that one I'm going to shoot, okay? Look, we're looking at the Brooklyn Nets with a depleted roster. A um, ton of players pulled out from even going to Orlando. To me, that says that they're already moving on to next season. Um, and I think the Wizards are competing for it too. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think I agree with you. So I'm going to shoot as well. But I think the Wizards are definitely going to be the team looking at their schedule and also, you know, no Bradley Beal, no John Wall. But you're right. I think it'll be a, a definitely a different battle for last place or oh of eight you know record wise for these guys uh for both teams all right how about the next one here this would be the last season that lebron will unquestionably be the best player on the court regardless of opponent now i'm asking you first again shooter pass how do you feel about this i'm gonna say pass i think that yeah boy LeBron's (laughs) training and conditioning is just unreal. Like the amount of training and conditioning this man goes through to stay in the shape that he's in. Well, I think he'll keep, he'll keep, he'll stay competitive for, for another couple of years. And I know he wants to play with his son. So I'm, I'm sure he's definitely going to try to, to remain the best player on the court for as long as he possibly can. Well, yeah, I'm going to shoot this one. Look, he's coming off extra rest. Uh, he's in a bubble where he doesn't have to travel. Uh, so I think that helps out a lot with the wear and tear of a, of a normal season. And then um, the only concern would be the turnaround time from this end of season. Should we get to play it out until October until next uh, December, right? So the potential start of the 2020-21 the, uh, season. So I think coming off of... Uh, it's I, I don't know. I can't, can't bet against the boy LeBron. He's going to be ready to go, ready to roll, and 100% again for next season so i am definitely shooting that he will i'm sorry i'm passing on this one that he'll be definitely unquestionably still the best player on the court i regardless of opponent uh the next one is there'll be more than one nba team that goes undefeated in the bubble how do you feel about that i mean this has to be a pass right because like of the circumstances you know the obvious thing conditioning and endurance is, is going to be an issue for every single team really um it's going to take some time for them to regain that regular season uh condition after four months off and, and having limited practice i don't think any team is going undefeated i agree i'm definitely passing as well no one's going undefeated in the bubble uh especially the seeding games uh no one's going undefeated at all 
uh very tough like you mentioned it, it's hard to really determine who's going to be rusty what the games are going to look like um regardless of there being no travel in the same level of um facilities available um next shoot or pass here the 2020 nba champions will not be from la shoot or pass robbie Ooh-wee. i've been thinking about this one all day and i thought about flipping a coin on this one <laughs> <laughs> but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i still can't decide i think i'm gonna say shoot I think I think that there's going to be a lot of teams in there competing, and and I think that uh, the Bucks have a good chance here. No, uh, I, I fully disagree. I'm passing on it. Uh, it it's going to be, I'm I'm sold on my I'm sold on the Lakers. My boy LeBron's going to do it. We're going to yeah, get boy. this fourth. We're going to get this fourth ring. The King is going to get this fourth ring. That's how it's going to roll. Um, uh, I got to pass on that this year. And if if and if I'm wrong about that part, at least there's the other LA team, which I hope. That doesn't happen for my purposes, but you know, shout out to both LA teams. All right, next shooter pass here. The Pelicans will miss the playoffs. Oh, shoot. I mean, there's four other teams competing to secure the eighth seed in the Western Conference. You've got the Kings, who have eight players scoring in double digits going into the restart. You've got Portland, which has a higher winning percentage, which would give them the edge over New Orleans in a tiebreaker. You've got the Grizzlies, who are 1-5 against New Orleans and Sacramento, but they might get bailed out by their last three opponents, who are Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee, because, I mean, assuming that Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee play well, um, they're going to want to rest their players. And so I think that the Grizzlies are going to have a little bit of more control over their destiny. So definitely shoot. Pelicans will miss the playoffs. All right, I think we're going to disagree here. I'm going to go. I'm going to pass on that one. So what I'm going to predict here is that the ease of schedule for the Pelicans, they'll get in to a play-in with the Grizzlies, and they'll beat the Grizzlies in the play-in. So I think they pull close enough to force that play-in. Now, I think the NBA wants to see a John Morant, Zion Williamson. Or sorry, Zion Williamson. Um, they want to see. Oh, yeah. They want to see this short little mini series between them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think if the Pelicans close in that gap, finish in the ninth seed, they, they're going to play, they're going to have to play three games, uh, you know, excuse me, uh, at least two games at that point to win. So you get two games with John Morant and Zion, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's going to be, you know, pure entertainment for basketball. So I think that get, that happens. That is my prediction. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pass. I think the Pelicans will make the playoffs instead. And uh, for our last shooter pass here of this segment, the first player to get fined or violating rules in the NBA bubble would not be named J.R. Smith. Are you shooting or pass with that one? Pass. Leave my man J.R. Smith alone, okay? No, I'm only saying that because, you know, now that we know Rajon Rondo is out, like I told you before, I know LeBron is going to try to keep a tighter leash on J.R. because, you know, they're probably going to need him to, to be on the court and not off it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go ahead and... Uh, shoot on this one. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead. There's gonna be somebody else that's gonna get fined, especially with a lot of these young knuckleheaded guys. I feel like they're JR's kind of reached that point where he has that mental maturity, he's there for business with LeBron. I think, and the thing is, you know, JR really has to appreciate this opportunity. It's been a couple years since he's actually really played some serious comp- competitive basketball like this in the NBA, and I think he's really kind of humbled now. So He's not going to screw this up, but I think a lot of young knuckleheaded guys already, you have someone like Rayshon Holmes, who's already getting quarantined because he <laughs> wants to go get, you want to go get delivery. First of all, you have Disney chefs cooking for you. You want to go across a line where, and pick up food from a delivery from what Uber eats or DoorDash can get you something better than the Disney. Look, man, a lot of people have hate on that food, here. but come on. I got to interject here. Have you seen the pictures of, of some of the food that, that are being served to some of these players? I mean, some of it I would eat, but I mean, it's not like I wouldn't eat all of it. I mean, I would eat most of it. Okay, but considering that, what kind of delivery food would you risk it all for, Chevy? I, I wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, I Based on the pictures, I wouldn't risk I wouldn't risk that at all. Like, somebody had to tell you. Like, this is like such elementary school, man. Somebody had to say, hey... Don't pass this point or else you're going to have to get quarantined. Who and what does he do? Unless he was fully unaware. But I think that's just it wasn't it wasn't J.R. Smith. 
But at least these guys will learn, man. It's so funny. That that that's too funny, man. Shout out, shout out to Rayshawn Holmes, man. <laughs> Rayshawn Holmes, I got your back. All right. Let me know. Let me know what kind of food you're going out for, and I will defend you if it was oh, worth it in my, my eyes. God. You I gotta got tell you. us. Please tweet something, and we I need to know. All right, Robbie, that wraps up shoot or pass rapid fire round here. Let's get a little bit into this talk about the Orlando bubble and the format uh, so far. Um, you know, I, I think we, we've really got very excited that it's back, but let's kind of like just focus for once, like what we're witnessing so far. And, you know, kind of piggybacking off J.R. Smith a little bit here. Uh, you, you know, I know you said you wanted to mention a little bit about what you saw. How do you, how do you feel about the bubble life so far? Hey, man, bubble life doesn't look too bad. I mean, you're seeing guys playing cornhole. You saw the Dallas Mavericks uh, all DJing and dancing on their balconies. Um, but to me, the player who really emerged as the ultimate NBA bubble correspondent here was, was the man himself, J.R. Smith. I mean, his Instagram live was so unbiased that the NBA asked him to shut it down. And I, I really, I really want to go into this because I think that you know, we really need to break this down to truly appreciate the content that was shared. I mean, throughout the video, he gave us the first conspiracy theory of the NBA restart, saying that those NBA-issued bracelets are actually, you know, these these NBA-issued bracelets are meant to track temperature and, and other things, health-related. Um, and he says that these are track the, tracking devices meant to keep tabs on him. Stay woke. Uh, he gave us an exclusive look mm. at the in-room snacks, and he gifted us with an analogy saying that if you want a motherfucking Ferrari to run like a Ferrari, you keep gassing it up with a Chrysler. You know, I, I mean, Chevy, would you compare J.R. Smith to a Ferrari? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You're, you're unlocking a lot of gems here. Do you have any more? <laughs> I mean, here's, I mean, here's, here's, to add to his analogy, I mean, our, he was complaining about the snacks, and and the snacks looked pretty good, man. There was Twix bars, there were cookies. I saw some gummy bears. Right. Are we really supposed to believe that the guy who looks high in half of his games and throws soup at assistant coaches isn't gonna tear those snacks up when he gets off of IG Live? Stay woke. All right, the last bit that I want to that I want to get into real quick is he was missing a duvet on his bed, and so he got a blanket sent to his room that didn't even cover the length of his bed. And you know what? That is an injustice I can get behind. And I got some hashtags for you. Hashtag woke and toke. Hashtag send swish snacks. Hashtag no blankets, no sleep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is that this this needs to this this is beautiful. <laughs> I, I I would have never witnessed this and noticed this watching that. That that is very, very good reporting, very good analysis on an Instagram live. So if you need your Instagram live broken down, ladies and gentlemen. At Robin Hood, at here. Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> this is her right here. Okay. Um, okay, so that's what you got out of the bubble so far. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, no, but I would agree with like the initial. <laughs> I would agree with uh, definitely the, the, the cornhole. Uh, the, by the way, shout out to JJ Reddick. Shotgun that Bud Light. Basically, Twitter talked him into doing that and he did it like that is that is does he's the man shout out to you jj reddick you need to jump on our podcast been trying to get at you for a long time but uh shout out to jj reddick for doing that and then uh myers leonard he he also posted himself shotgun at cores light so he's a cores light guy um but yeah i think it's cool to see you know, these guys it's like almost like this mini vacation and um for them in a sense and then at the same time they've kind of get got to get to business i will say this if Disney ever opens up a basketball-related resort or wants to sell me a $2,000 package for two weeks just to be in a, a basketball bubble where I get to play tournament games and be treated like a king, where can I go ahead and put a deposit down? <laughs> so, Disney, if you're anybody, if you're listening, I am down. I'll do it. Like, I will save my... I will have a savings account to, to have a vacation like that because, that, it, I don't know, it makes me feel like I'm 15 again. I'm playing basketball. But I think that's so fun. It's cool to see that. Um, really cool. It's a really cool idea uh, that how they really started to accomplish this. And like, did you notice how everything has like the NBA logo on the pool table, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the corn, you know, the cornhole, you know, things. It's just they literally just branded everything NBA. The game room. I don't know what else to say. I think it's gonna be a cool opportunity once the families are able to come in. I mean, no, it's just the guys right now. Yeah. But it's still really nice to see uh, that 
they were really taken care of. And um, how do you feel like? How do you feel about like some of the, the ways the players are complaining about the food though? Like, I mean, the one that really got me was Rajon Rondo comparing his hotel room to uh, Motel Six. Um, I was like, dude, talk about being tone deaf during these times. Um, you could have it a lot worse, buddy. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think, you know, at whether, whether they're complaining or, or having, making the best of it and having the time of their lives during this experience, these guys are going to be talking about this season for the rest of their lives. I mean, there's going to be an ESPN 30 for 30 on this. There's going to be a ton of stuff. This is going to be like a year and a season to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like they're already documenting, you know, half of it because you're getting these clips of guys just shooting around mm-hmm. on the court. And it's like every team's individually posting a video and a practice. But the cool part about it is that you're getting to see this behind the scenes look at every single part of like their life. Also, like the practices, right? Because nobody can really get in and see this. So like they're having like this all access, which I think is incredible and great for the fans itself. So I can definitely agree. And like you said, it's going to be one of the most memorable like seasons ever. Uh, for you um kind of getting towards that direction about you know the format of the bubble so there's eight seeding games mm-hmm. then we get the playoffs regular format so you know seven game series for each round and um how do you feel about this bubble being on the level of competition right now where it's almost in a sense equal right there's no travel you get access to the same facilities same practice courts there's no complaints about travel and mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing we got to be concerned about is COVID knocking out half of a team, right? Yeah. So, in your opinion, would this be the most difficult playoffs season ever that has existed with the NBA? Hmm. I think it'll definitely be difficult, um, just given the circumstances that they're playing in and everything that they're uh, going up against. Um, I think that you know like i said before this is a season that every single player that's involved in is going to be looking back on and talking about for the rest of their lives um it's going to be difficult there definitely shouldn't be an asterisk next to the nba champion this season because i mean this is quite a feat that they're pulling off right now especially to the future nba champions i mean you you got four months off with no no games um you you have limited practice. You're traveling to a bubble. You're fighting against a global pandemic. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a feat. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that part of it as well because, you know, we look at everybody being on the same exact level and the no travel uh, situation. I think that helps out greatly, and especially for a lot of the teams that are underdogs. So a lot of underdog teams are going to get the opportunity to come into this and feel like, okay, you know, LeBron and the Lakers, you know, the Clippers, Kawhi, they they all didn't have the same ability to get, you know, home court rest or home court advantage. Um, and then we're also rest well rested. But at the same time, that could kind of be a double edged sword, right? It's like, okay, I'm rested, but he's rested too. So you you get that equality part of it when it comes to travel. And especially like you get towards like the NBA finals and you know, teams sometimes are on the opposing ends of the, the country. So, you know, teams like the Warriors plenty of times, oh, they got back to Golden State five o'clock in the morning woke up for a shoot around the next day or how to take the time, you know, how to take the, the, the day off and then get rested for the next game. You're not going to have too much of that back and forth, which I, I absolutely like. So I think it's helpful uh, in that sense, but yeah, I would agree. I think it's experience. There's definitely going to be less disparity between the teams now, you know? So that's going to be exciting if you're a fan watching. I mean, yeah, the games will be a little sloppier, but you know, that's, it's all in good fun, right? Yeah, I mean, granted that they haven't been playing for some months at a time, but hopefully, you know, everybody kind of gets within those first eight games, gets everything kind of, get the ball rolling, get the knock, the rust, sorry, excuse me, get the rust knocked off from them, and then they'll be able to go in to the playoffs with more of a serious matter. I mean, at that point, you're looking at a series against one team. You get to focus on that one team, then move to the next team. So I think it gets a little bit better once the playoff starts. But those first initial games, oh boy, they're, this is going to be very interesting, I think. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the bubble as well for uh, in the format for like a for future NBA season. So one of the things that I see this happening pretty soon is and, and just maybe for like a preseason try it out, have everybody kind of go to like this or bubble. It can be Vegas, it could be Orlando. Orlando is attractive for families, so you know guys can kind of have like this little last minute vacation with their families in Orlando. 
and the whole Disney theme and uh, try it out for a preseason, you know, run like maybe what they're running six preseason games now. So do like a week and a half here in Orlando, just have, you know, the NBA kind of open up a campaign for the city, the community, uh, for fans, and then just run a little mini series of preseason games like scrimmages and, you know, just have, then everybody goes home and, you know, starts the season off. So I think like, this is a cool idea. I, I would want to see it again. Like, I think it's very rare. We're ever going to see this in our lives, but I want to see it again. How about you? Do you feel like the same way should it be exercised in the future? I mean, I, I got to imagine that the league is going to, going to use this opportunity to review a few things, right? The length of the season and how it's scheduled. Um, I think it'd be cool if, if, you know, Aside from your idea, which is awesome, I can tell you, you love summer camp. You love basketball camp growing up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, the NBA can can maybe run the regular season a little bit more like they do in NCAA basketball, where, you know, there's tournaments throughout the regular season. And I think that's something that could incentivize players and keep games competitive more consistently. You're going to see a better quality of play for fans who are paying to attend these games and watching them on TV. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's something that will work out for playoffs too much. In my opinion, I think financially the league and each individual market might make a little bit more money for hosting a playoff series right. in their city. And then, it's, of course, you have the big market teams or your popular teams, the top teams that get to the playoffs consistently every year or gets deep, deep into it. So you know, the Warriors, they've always gone deep into the playoffs. They've made so much more money, and you've seen how much their franchise is, is worth overall now. So I think, you know, you have to weigh the pros and cons. Are the owners, you know, will the owners be accepting of, hey, maybe one year we want to throw the playoffs at Vegas. We want to throw the playoffs at you know, Orlando or Chicago or diff different cities that can accommodate something so big. I mean, if you can accommodate 22 teams in Orlando, you sure as hell can accommodate 16, right? So maybe having the playoffs kind of, and that would help eliminate so a lot of the uh, you know travel plans some of the issues about uh, load management as well. I think it can help and, and maybe do like a, maybe a mid, I would see probably a mid season tournament. Yes. Happen. Talk to me, Chevy. Go ahead. And I think, <laughs> I think we got to go this route because I think the regular season has lost a little bit of merit in a sense of, cause I, for one, I don't know about you. This is exactly my point. I'm so four or five <laughs> years. It, you know, in the last four or five years, we've seen, a little decline i've been like all right i don't care about basketball in november december january february and then march i was like all right i'll watch march madness and then I'm, I'm i got all eyes on the rush for the playoff race and then we get playoffs right for two full months so i think the nba season at the front could kind of use something like this right yeah. and let's like i said start with the preseason see how it works out and then maybe you have a tournament or some sort of bubble for the first you know couple months of the, of the year where guys can kind of just hang out because I mean, come on, load management, you know, guys aren't playing in back-to-backs. I mean, you know, that's that's not what we want to see. We want to be able to see guys play. And I think one thing is a combat load management and back-to-backs is not having them travel, you know, so we can see that. Yeah, as a fan, like, I, I want to, if I'm paying to go to these games, I, I want to see good quality of play on the floor. And, and that's not necessarily always happening during the regular season because of load management, which is understandable. But again, this is an opportunity for the NBA to review all these things and run along with our idea and pay us. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're listening, Adam Silver, here, here I am. We, we, we are your people. We're going to push this along and we're going to make, we're going to make basketball. Well, I guess we can't say we can't make it great again. It's pretty great right now, but we're going to make it even greater. Let's how about that. We're gonna make basketball even greater, uh, but uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I think that it's so much that can come from this, and in a post-COVID world, hopefully, it's it can happen where we can see. It. They've talked so much about reformatting certain things, and I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe given some of the bottom, you know, tier teams, like after the season ends, you give some of these, um, you know, we got 16 NBA teams that make the playoffs. The other half of the the league doesn't make the other 14 teams. Maybe throw them in a bubble, let them play. Play for like a draft pick, you know, for draft picks or something, you know, like the the seeding of the draft picks. I like that. And uh, I don't know. I like We're that. We're just, I mean, just throwing out random ideas like that, you know. I mean, just just make something interesting and different for us, because quite frankly, honestly, I think a lot of NBA fans feel like the first half of the season, the first four, three four months, is kind of just a wash at that point with, with load management. Um, but yeah, awesome format, awesome to see. You know, I got to give him kudos though. You know, Robbie, looking at 
I was kind of shaky about this happening. I didn't, the first it was, you know, Disney, Disney world could host it. And I'm like, nah, no way, not in Orlando. There's no way they're going to do that. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to do it. And then it became official. And then it's like, okay, the players are concerned about playing amidst, you know, the pandemic and black lives matter movement. And it's like, all right, this is probably not going to happen. Now we're concerned about COVID, but they're there. They're, they're 45 miles away from me right now. Chilling. Chevy, go knock on wood. Don't jinx us. Don't jinx us now, man. <laughs> I've knocked on wood at least 10 times a day in conversations with everybody <laughs> about sports. All right. Let's turn a little bit to wrap up the show here with some super early, maybe crazy wild predictions. Robbie, I think we, we all the people that after about a good 45 minutes of a conversation here, what do we think is going to happen here? How do you feel about a, uh, a dark horse team? Any dark horse teams out there in the bubble? Hmm. It'll surprise us. And keep in mind, I actually did see something that they are they saying uh, Indiana has reports of Oladipo now potentially playing, so we might be able to throw Oladipo back in the mix for Indiana. Huh. Huh. That's very interesting. I mean, I still probably wouldn't say the Pacers are my dark horse. No offense. But um, I, I'm honestly really intrigued by the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, you know, we're getting a healthy Chris Saps back. We're going to have a healthy Luka Doncic, who at one point this season, these two were averaging a combined 52 points per game. And and you've got guys like um, Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith, who are efficient shooters and can open up the floor for KP and Luka to attack the rim. Um, I think that their schedule is more favorable than the teams above them in the standings, which are directly above them, who are the Rockets and the Thunder. Um, and I, I mean, I think these guys can be very dangerous in the playoffs. So I'm going to say Dallas Mavericks for my dark horse team. Right. Um, I, I would go Western Conference on a dark horse team right now. And I'm going to go OKC. Um, they're coming to this tournament pretty, pretty healthy. Uh, I like what I see from my boy SGA. And uh, I'm a Chris Paul guy. So I think, you know, Chris Paul is somebody that I would Captain really appeal to me. But you know, I think that that team looks pretty pretty nice to surprise out West. Now, I don't think they're going to go ahead and upset a team like the Lakers or Clippers, but I think I, I can kind of see them making some noise and, and kind of being one, one of the final four teams out there and being challenging. Not too difficult to obviously be one of the final four teams, but I think they can make a serious note. Uh, you know, obviously, I think the Rockets are shaky at this point. So, you know, Russ having the COVID, we don't know what's up with Harden really. He hasn't officially arrived in Houston. so. That has to be a concern. I think Oklahoma City kind of gets that little bump there. Uh, I'm not too sure how the Jazz are going to play out. Obviously, everyone's concerned about Gobert and, you know, Spider and how they're going to get along. I'm sure these guys are adults. They're going to come out and play ball. So I don't think that's a concern. Um, I think the Mavericks is good, though, from where they're at. They're currently seeded seventh, but I think it's a really good pick. Like you said, you know, healthy Kristaps. Yeah, I think I think they can be definitely challenging um, out West. Um, how about early rookie of the year award? Who are you rolling with? Who do you think is going to be able to finish it out? Zion, Ja. My heart obviously wants Kendrick Nunn to get it, but my head is telling me that I got to go with Ja Morant. I mean, he took a team that was supposed to contend for lottery picks this year and turned them into a potential playoff team, and he's doing it with less help than Kendrick Nunn. So, I got to go with Ja Morant. And he says that he ja he, he also said he gained twelve pounds of muscle. Hey, John Morant, you know what I did? I ate 12 slices of pizza this weekend in one sitting. <laughs> Holla at me. Oh, man. I think, I think, we're, I think I'm going to go with John Morant. Honestly, I think he's deserving of it. Uh, I think that when it comes down to the end of it, honestly, what's going to be interesting, though, is the way that this season finishes for him. And based on my prediction, I don't think that the Grizzlies will get in. I think that Zion and the Pelicans might. You are just on this Zion but, train, man. But well, I'm a Duke guy. I gotta go. I gotta go with my man Zion. But yes, I think that John Morant rightfully. I think if we look at the season in its entirety, we have to rightfully say that John Morant. But I think at the end, just depending on how the votes go and how who has say with these votes, they start to trend in a sense where Zion gets the upset there and gets in the playoffs. They might consider him. But uh, John, man, shout out to John though, for real. Uh, what about MVP? All right, I mean this this has got to be like a no brainer, right? 
going to go to Giannis. I mean, he's the best player on the best team. He's averaging 29.6 points per game, 13.7 rebounds per game, 5.8 assists per game, and he's shooting 54.7 from the field. And he's only averaging 30 minutes a game. And he's dominating without a second superstar. I mean, to me, like I said, no-brainer Giannis. All right, yeah. I mean, so MVP for me is something that I don't know if I would appreciate it right now because in a sense of you have the Milwaukee Bucks who are six and a half games ahead of the second seed of Toronto Raptors right now. The Lakers, you know, obviously you have, if it Le- comes at LeBron and Giannis, the Lakers are five and a half games, you know, up on the cliff. You're going for LeBron, so aren't I you? Think, <laughs> no, I, what I'm saying is that I think like it's very difficult. I think the MVP award this year kind of really weighs a lot of what happened prior to like the restart. Because in the restart in the first eight games, you know, if they're going to vote based solely on the season itself, is that you're only going to get an additional eight games to prove, hey, I'm the MVP. I think Giannis is leading by a very slim margin with, with my vote. Um, but I think it doesn't really give an opportunity for the, for the one and two, you know, the guys up there for one, two, three, the top three MVP candidates to really kind of show out. And then if you, you're, you lock up your number one seed, right, after a couple games in the, in the seeding games, why not just rest your, you know, your star guys and suit up for the playoffs, right? So, I think that hurts. Let me ask you something real quick. MVP award, rookie of the year awards. Do we put asterisks next to them for the winners of this year? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I think they. I think we've played significant amount. We've played more than half the season, right? So a lot of teams have played most of the season. Again, I think a lot of teams are missing about sixteen, about between twelve to sixteen games is where we got cut off from. They're going to get an additional eight, which it's going to be a difficult eight to determine anything. And um, I think, no, not at all. I think it's fair enough for them to really earn rightfully what they've accomplished. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Any wildest predictions? Anything you want to give out there to the people? You know, I can't believe that I'm saying that this is going to be a wild prediction, but all things considered, this is a wild prediction to say the NBA season will finish with no teams pulling out of the bubble due to mounting positive COVID tests among players and coaching staff like it's happened in the MLS. Well, I'm going to knock on wood, and that is beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I don't even think it's wild like you mentioned. It's just, just you know, hopeful. It shouldn't be wild, but considering the circumstances it is kind of a wild prediction to say it is it is i, I would agree with that i mean it, <laughs> all all last week we we got oh well we're not sure if this is gonna be able to be played out and today you get kind of the, the bad news of two guys uh I'm, I'm i'm hoping i think we can hold up it's a great prediction i think it's great i think it's really good for i think it's, it's gonna be a good look for the nba you know if they really pull this off this will be something that hey we battled a world pandemic and we controlled it. What the hell was our government doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be Adam Silver for president. That's it. <laughs> he pulls us off. <laughs> Adam Silver, you better go run for president. But um, I would have to say one of the I I I don't I don't know if it's wild either though. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if the Miami Heat win the Eastern Conference. I wouldn't be surprised hey, at all. Okay, Chevy, <laughs> talk to me. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm going to go. I should have used them as my dark horse, but I think that uh, I'm looking at the standings here. I think everybody below them right now, you have the Pacers, you know, if they don't get Depot, you know, obviously Brooklyn's not going to be anywhere close to challenging them. Fortunately, my magic's not going to challenge anybody. The Sixers, I think the Sixers is going to be the biggest. I have the biggest question mark over them. You know, obviously Ben Simmons and B were recouped hopefully by now and we would assume that they will be ready to go 110 percent for this bubble if they can stay healthy it, my my concern is their health so i i don't know about their health coming into the bubble um but i think that it, this was the perfect scenario for them to get healthy and really make a push but i don't know if they're going to compete with the heat my biggest concern for miami obviously will be milwaukee but i think their path to the to the finals they can get there as long as miami could kind of bump up in the standings and finish the third or second seed and not have to see milwaukee in the second round i think their chances of getting to the finals will be very very good should they be able to move up 
Uh, I think they can beat the Toronto Raptors team in the seven-game series. I think they can beat the Boston Celtics. I think we have to look at the top four right now in the Eastern Conference and really consider them. And again, Philly, question mark with them right now. So I'll give you that. How about that? Hey, I'm loving it. You know, I I was debating between the Heat and the Mavericks. I, I, I lean towards the Mavericks, but I think the Heat have a pretty good team. I mean, they've got a good young core with Bam and Tyler Hero and Derek Jones and Duncan Robinson and, of course, Kendrick Nunn. And they've got that veteran leadership and Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler, who has really stepped into this leadership role and, and, and taken it and ran with it. And you've got Andre Iguodala, who, you know, I'm hoping uh, shows up. And, you know, you've got Goran Dragic as well. There's some depth. I, I think we, I think they can pull something off here. I think they can, they can go for a deep run. And, and I'm excited. I'm really excited. To, I'm excited to just see any, any game at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned the Iguodala. So a lot of people, you know, may, may have forgot about that signing. And that's why you know, I look at the matchup, look at the rosters right now. And you know, on paper, it looks very attractive for Miami going up against Milwaukee and seeing what they'll be able to do against. Now, obviously, I don't think he's going to shut down Giannis at any point, but I think bringing that veteran leadership, the, the defensive grit to just have another body to throw at um, Giannis it does help. And then you have Bam. I think there's a lot of length and size on Miami that can challenge defensively for, for a team like Milwaukee. But to be determined, hopefully we'll definitely get it. Um, any last-minute thoughts here at the bottom of the show? Um, you know, I, I'm gonna keep piling on on this heat train right now. Uh, one thing that that I will say that they may have working against them is they do seem to have a, a pretty tough schedule remaining. I mean, they're facing the Nuggets, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Pacers, who now may potentially have Victor Oladipo back, and the Thunder. So, you know, it's a good thing that they're not competing for a playoff spot and they're they're just competing for seating. So uh, if they can stay healthy, again, I'm all aboard the heat train. Let's go court culture. I'm in. Yeah, let's talk about Woj here real quick. Um, so obviously, for those of you who don't know, supposedly he's suspended for a couple weeks due to a big FU bomb that he dropped. I'll break it down real quick. Uh, Josh Hawley, who is a senator in Missouri, wrote a letter to Adam Silver demanding answers as to why the league decided to allow messages promoting social justice on its jerseys, but did not allow messages that support law enforcement or the military or any messages that are critical of China. And then he went ahead and posted it on Twitter. And so Woj went ahead and responded to Holly's press office email saying two words. And so now he's suspended. Um, but he's expected to still be a part of the restart coverage. And so what what do you think about all of this? From probably a corporate stand uh, standpoint, you know, obviously they're doing what they would probably do. I I, I would kind of see that. But, uh, I mean, shout out to Woj. He's, he's for the culture. He, he's about it. And he obviously knows. He obviously knows, you know, like what he understands what a lot of these NBA players are trying to uh, resolve and trying to accomplish with the movement. So I think that, you know, he was in the right direction of what he honestly felt and thought. So, I mean, we can't take that away from him. That's his opinion. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's it's a battle of really feeling like what you really want to accomplish with what's on the jerseys. Now, you know, if a player came and said, hey, you know, like I'm a part of the Blue Lives or, you know, I, I support the Blue Lives Matter. You know, my, I have a family line, you know, of cops and you know my dad grandpa ex you know military families you know whatever it is i think at that point though you kind of have to think about uh in a sense kind of pleasing everybody so that's a difficult part about this scenario you know it's like what about those things and i think that uh maybe that's probably probably part of the reason why lebron didn't get consulted or if he says that if that's the truth and part of the reason why like there's such a limited amount of slogans that they could put on their jersey you know you start including everything under the sun and it gets a little crazier. So I think the NBA said, Hey, we're going to use some of the basic ones that are just popular out there that make sense. And that's it. You know, we can't use anything else or we, we don't, we're not looking forward to it. So, cause things like this happen. I gotta say, I don't entirely disagree with Senator Josh Hawley in the sense that like, this goes back to uh, everything that's been happening, you know, with Deshaun Jackson and then Steven Jackson and, the the stuff that's been happening with them it, it's a bit hypocritical of the nba to support the black lives matter movement and everything that it stands for which is you know among 
other things, racial inequality and fighting against police brutality, and then completely ignore what China has been doing to its people in Hong Kong and in mainland China. So that's hypocritical of the NBA, but it's also hypocritical of Senator Josh Hawley to demand support for the military and law enforcement and Hong Kong as a man who doesn't even acknowledge the Black Lives Matter movement. So I think, you know, kind of the right message, but coming from the wrong person. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, yeah, we're going to get probably, you know, a little bit of a distraction from some of this because when the game started, I think, and I would agree with some of the guys and the players that sports will be a little bit of a distraction from some of these underlying comments and facts because, you know, we've gotten so intertwined or let me use the word entangled with this whole oh. <laughs> this whole NBA returning and getting excited about the games. It's it's, it's kind of like over our heads, right? But I think at the same time, you know, it it really is what the NBA has stood behind and stands for. And they're focused on one thing, right? And that's the Black Lives Matter for right now. Um, they, they do take a lot of uh, time to attend when there's uh, no COVID in the world. Uh, the Pride parades in New York. So I think they, they really involve in the, in the opportunities and movements that present equality that matter first. Uh, you know, so I think that Obviously, at this time, you know, we, we aren't looking towards uh, an equality movement for, for police uh, as much as we're sitting here trying to reason and find a way to have some sort of justice, some sort of fairness, you know, against police officers and pretty, um, excuse me, against police brutality. But, you know, I, it's 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 the focus it's the message that they're all focused on right now. It, it is a little bit of a difficult situation. I, and I'll tell people again. I'm glad I'm not Adam Silver. I'm glad I'm not making these decisions. I just have a basic opinion about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a start. It's not enough, but it's a start. And so I'll give them credit for that and leave it there. <laughs> Absolutely. How about, how about uh, you know, talk on the subject, how about the comments with uh, Steven Jackson, you know, kind of piggyback, he piggybacked off of uh, Deshaun Jackson's, you know, uh, controversial. Post. Did you see that? who else liked that post and was supporting that post? KD liked that post. And then, of course, our boy, J.R. Smith, commented on the post with, like, a fist. So, you know, it's not just right. Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson, you know, supporting this. It's 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 uh, many more people that we wouldn't expect. And, you know, for me, I think that you can't pick and choose or be selectively outraged about prejudice and social is justice issues and... um Something that really stood out to me that really explains this really well is um, Elle Duncan, who is a reporter. Well, she's not a reporter. She's a host on Sport on Sports Center a lot of the times, and she's on different shows on ESPN. Right. She came out and said, "The quote: There is no hierarchy when it comes to bigotry." And to me, that's I mean, that's simply put, the best way to explain what's wrong with with Deshaun Jackson's posts and, and the support that he's been getting from Steven Jackson, among others. You either have to stand up for prejudice and social distance for all, or don't stand up at all. Agreed. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, and simply put, I feel like, you know, with, with, with Steven Jackson, it's just, you know, kind of, kind of getting back to the movement, you know, kind of focus on the movement. I think that's what he needs to do. You know, he's not, he's not in the league anymore. He's not controlling if this bubble will happen or not because the guys are in Orlando and, you know, just, just focus on the movement, focus on moving it along while these guys are playing playing the games and also trying to do their part. And so, you know, commenting on whether they should play or not, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, just, just let it go. Like, I feel like that's the part where he kind of has to step away and then, you know, supporting things like that. Obviously, the Eagles are going to find Deshaun Jackson. Uh, obviously, you're going to get a lot of different commentary about this. And uh, like you mentioned, I, I think you, you put it simple there with the Al Duncan quote that she went through. and. I don't I don't really have much to say, you know, I, it's not something I can support. I would be honest, you know, on, on the air here that it's not something I sit behind. I can support what he mentioned. And I think everybody has like their their right to look into whatever conspiracy, whatever, whatever they want to look into and share it with the world. But just tread lightly it, in the day and age of social media. You, you, you know, things are going to be looked at sideways. So. That's the way you got to take it if, if you're in that position as an athlete and a public figure. 
Yeah, and, and when you do things like this, you know, when you make posts like this and you believe in things like this, it diminishes all the good things that you're doing. I mean, Steven Jackson has done a lot of good and he's helped advance the Black Lives Matter movement. And when you see things like this, you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> what are you really supporting then, man? I, I Absolutely. I, I agree. Let's not take five steps back. Let's take let's take 10 million steps forward. So that, that's the way it should go. Absolutely. All right, Robbie. Um, and we're at the part of our show here where we like to do shout outs. So any shout outs for you today as the brand new co-host? Yeah, I'm I'm going to give a little shout out to the man that you know as Audio Man and the man that I know as my <laughs> significant other and domestic partner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a title. <laughs> it's very long on Facebook, you know, domestic partner, significant other. Um. He's yeah. been super supportive and, you know, as you know, he's working on some stuff on the side with us and he's, again, been very supportive of everything that I want to pursue. He encourages me even when I'm not feeling confident and, uh, you know, thanks to him, I'm, I'm here. I'm here and, and, you know, so shout out to him and hey, honey, don't forget to take out the trash tomorrow, right? Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, shout, no, definitely shout out to him if everybody heard the introduction at the beginning uh that's definitely part of his work so much love and appreciation to him uh so yeah i mean again honestly my shout out is to a lot of the uh you know baseline times man like honestly a lot of you guys that are new here uh yourself uh we've got a couple joshes and, and john like a lot of jays you know up in up in here but uh i think it's such a cool fun journey of sports fans so i just want to shout out to my team again this week because uh it, it just, there's a lot of good stuff coming out uh shout out to john for interviewing uh one of the uh, tbt's gms for the sideline cancer who by the time we get the show out it will be playing uh tuesday night for the championship so i think that was such a cool experience so shout out to him for that episode and uh you know we'll we'll look to see who wins tbt um but yeah we, i appreciate you definitely joining in uh this is our our first of many uh, let's hope for that let's let's plan for that just another little shout out to you. Thank you for uh, having me on and, and bringing me on board. Really appreciate it. This has been fun. Absolutely. Well, we'll see you guys next week. We'll ramp up another NBA preview. This is uh, pretty much our, our first initial fingers crossed praying to the basketball gods that we can definitely get basketball again. Yep. We're, I got my fingers. If I can cross my toes, I'll cross my toes <laughs> for you. Whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll catch you guys on the next episode.